My name is Pastor Gloria Boyce and I want to welcome you all to the Billionaire Consciousness Expansion. We're going to have a Holy Ghost wonderful time in the Lord. This evening's subject matter is titled, I will be still that I may hear thy voice. The whole essence of this evening's teaching is to understand the nature and function of the indwelling Christ. For by understanding the nature as best as we can, to understand the nature and function of the indwelling Christ, we will understand ourselves. By understanding ourselves, we will make better decisions, better choices. We'll feel better about ourselves. And as we feel better, we will see a difference in our outside circumstances. But it all starts from within. So this evening's session is called, I will be still that I may hear thy voice. And the whole session is about understanding the nature and function of the indwelling Christ. We are looking for four readers tonight. The first is 1 Samuel 3 verses 4 to 10. The second is John 18 verse 34 to 36. The third is Psalms 19 verses 1 to 4. And the fourth is Galatians 2, verses 18 to 21. A lot of people think, and going way back in the Old Testament and so on, they thought that the Christ is not a great king. The Christ is not a general. They, they, they thought they had a, some kind of perception that the Christ is one that will be a great king, a general, military, and political, you know, that kind of a reign. But the Christ is not a great king. The Christ is not a general. The Christ doesn't conquer nations, military, or politically. That is, that is what the, a lot of the Old Testament perceive him to be. The Word of God says something, and they understand it from that perspective. The Christ conquered nations through the through its gentle spirit, not by troops and guns and all of that. The Christ conquered nations through its gentle spirit, because when the loud noise is over, when the destructive period is past, the dark night of the soul. This that is within us begin to reveal itself in humble and gentle ways, leading us step by step from the discord and the inharmonies of human existence to a higher attitude and altitude of spiritual living and into spiritual grace. You ever have a blowout? Everything seems to be going wrong and you you get so mad, you bloat, and you, you make a lot of noise. And afterwards, you start to reflect. After all the noise, you start to reflect. All that darkness dissipates. You, you reflect, and as you reflect within yourself, that gentle spirit starts to reveal itself in humble and gentle ways, leading us step by step, even 
correcting some of your mistakes, even showing you the wisdom and pulling some wisdom out of what you have done so that you may learn and move forward. So after all the noise, this gentle spirit starts to emerge, leading you and guiding you into, into spiritual grace. Now, the first evidence of the Christ in our experience is an improvement in our human affairs. Hear me, somebody. A lot of you like to beat up on yourself and you, you expect God to show up in a certain way, in a certain fashion. I'm telling you, hear me well. The first evidence of the Christ in our experience is an improvement in our human affairs. Our nature, our disposition, our health, even the amount of our supply, are certainly a greater harmony in our human relationships. These are the first signs of the raised up Son of God in us. You hear me? I want you to start recognizing it and appreciating God's presence in your life. Because the more you appreciate Him, the more you will recognize Him. So let me say this again. The first evidence of the Christ in our experience is an improvement in our human affairs, our nature, an improvement in our nature, an improvement in our disposition, an improvement in our health, even in the amount of our supply, and certainly a greater harmony in our human relationships. These are the first sign of the raise up Son of God in us. All these changes, however, are only steps because the ultimate of spiritual revelation lies in this statement, my kingdom is not of this world. So hear me, all these changes that are occurring, know that they are only steps because the ultimate of the spiritual revelation lies in this statement. My kingdom is not of this world. Now, when harmony has been restored, then begins the second and final stage in which we are lifted above physical and mental harmony, above all harmonies of this world, and begin to perceive the nature of spiritual grace. The function of the Christ is to reveal to us a spiritual kingdom far greater than the human world with good government or even human beings who are kind instead of unkind to one another. Right here on earth, a new universe, a new mode of living is revealed to us. That is why always the disciples is instructed not to leave this world, but to remain in it, to be it, yes, but not of it. Always the disciples is instructed not to leave this world, but to remain in it, to be in it, yes, but not of it. We walk through life eating the same kind of food, making use of the same modes of transportation, operating the same businesses or engaging in the same arts and sciences, but with 
this difference we do it now not for a living but for the joy of action for the joy of being that's my preamble now we we'll go to the scriptures first reader and the lord called samuel and he answered here am i and he ran unto eli and said here am i for thou callest me and he said i call not lie down again and he went and lay down and the lord called yet again samuel and samuel arose and went eli and said here am i for thou didst call me and he answered i call not my son lie down again now samuel did not yet know the lord neither was the word of the lord yet revealed unto him and the lord called samuel again the third time and he arose and went to eli and said here am i for thou didst call me and eli perceived that the lord had called the child therefore eli said unto samuel go lie down and it shall be if he call thee that thou shalt say speak lord for thy servant hear it so samuel went and lay down in his place and the lord came and stood and called as at other times samuel samuel then samuel answered speak for their servant hear it the word of the lord praise be to god next reader is that your own idea jesus asked or did others talk to you about me am i a jew pilot replied your own people and chief priests handed you over to me what is it you have done jesus said my kingdom is not of this world if it were my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the jewish leaders but now my kingdom is from another place amen praise be to god next reader the heavens declare the glory of god and the firmament showeth his handiwork day unto day uttered the speech and night unto night showeth knowledge there is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard their line is gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world in them are he set a tabernacle for the sun the word of the lord praise be to god i hope you guys are listening to what it is the word of god is saying listen to every line listen amen next reader or if i build again the things which i destroyed i make myself a transgressor for i through the law am dead to the law that i might live unto god i am crucified with christ nevertheless i live 
Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for the righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Here readeth the Lord's word. Praise be to God. These scriptures are so beautiful. If you find sometimes you ain't quite get it, just ask the Heavenly Father. He will give it to you. And you want to know why He will give it to you? They just said it. Psalms just said it. The word cometh. There's no speech, no language where the voice is not heard. It comes directly to you. Directly to you. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. All right, so let's let's continue now. So, as as I said this evening, we're talking about. I will be still that I may hear thy voice, and really analyzing the nature of God. Amen. The nature of the indwelling Christ. So, in the little preamble that I gave to you, I talked about the fact that the first evidence of the Christ in our experiences and improvement in our human affairs our nature our disposition our health our supply all of that is an improvement now try now to make a transition in your understanding of the nature of the Christ because you have some kind of preconceived notion but I want you to see if you could make a transition in your understanding of the nature of Christ. So let me say this again. I said the first evidence of the Christ in our experience is an improvement in our human affairs, our nature, our disposition, our health, even the amount of our supply, and certainly a greater harmony in human relations. These are the first signs of the raised up son of God in, in us, in all of us. All these changes, however, only but steps because the ultimate spiritual revelation lies in the statement, my kingdom is not of this world. So now I'm asking you to try now to make a transition in your understanding of the nature of the Christ. Perhaps you have been delaying your own spiritual progress by thinking that this Christ has the function of removing bodily diseases, providing you with a larger income, with a portion or, or, or something else of human nature. We often, we are all guilty of this because that's how we've been taught. We are taught to believe that, uh, that, that, that Christ's function will remove all these ills from our body, our bodily, he will provide us with a larger income and with a promotion or, or, or something else of a human nature. Sometimes we even think that it ought to settle our traffic tickets, our court cases, or other things of a similar nature. But God is not to be used. Hear me somebody, please. God is not to be used. 
Christ is not to be used. It is not something to which we can turn in the ex in the expectation that it will do something for us. No, the Christ is that into which we relax ourselves. Not that it may do something in our lives, but that that it may be our life. As human beings, all we think of is what we would like our life to be. And we aim our thoughts towards the Christ with a preconceived idea of what we would like it to do for us. Whereas the real function of the Christ is to lead us to point where we die, where we come completely dead to that life that we have been trying to glorify. So that the I, the spirit in us, may be exalted. But not so that we may take pride and boast, oh look what God is doing for me. There is no God to do anything for me or for you. God is infinite being. God lives unto God. God lives unto itself, manifest as individual being, but never, never departing from its own life. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament show his handiwork. Man is here not to be glorified, but that God may be glorified. And God is glorified only in degree that we surrender this personal sense of life and come to the ultimate revelation as given by Paul. I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In that state of consciousness, there is a surrender of personal selfhood, a surrender of this desire to get God to do something to us or through us or for us. Such a surrender that it lets God live his life as us. Now there is no more room for self-glory. I will be exalted. Not I will exalt you. I will be exalted. God will be exalted. God will be lifted up. And God will live his life on earth as God lived his life in heaven. In other words, the Spirit of God fills all space in heaven above, on earth, and beneath the earth. We need only to realize that it is God living God's life, not God performing something for us. This is the big barrier. All of the prayers of wanting God to do something for us, for our nations, to do something against our enemies, or to make us more successful than our competitors, that is the barrier. God is life. And since there is no life but God, we must surrender our false sense of life until God becomes our very life and then let God live it. Let Him live it. 
Do you see why the ancient Hebrews failed to understand the function of the Messiah? They expected this Messiah to go out and destroy somebody or something for them. God does not overcome any enemies outside of us. Hear me somebody. God does not overcome any enemies outside of us, but he does overcome the enemies within us. And in reality, the only enemies we have are those within our own nature. That part of us which constitute our humanhood. The idea of self-preservation at the expense of any and all has become such a dominant characteristic of human beings that it is called the first law of nature. This is the most evil part of our nature. That is the enemy within which must be overcome. I cannot ask God to overcome it within you. I have to ask God to overcome it within me. If I have a trace of self-preservation or if I have a trace of desire for something other than what I also desire for you, that is the enemy, the false sense of self within me which must be overcome. If there is, is such a thing as God being the Father, and all men and uh, all the, and all men the sons of that father how inconsistent it is to evoke the aid of god for one against another the secret of the ancient school of wisdom was the initiate was to be trained instructed and enlightened until he become to the full awareness of himself and the spiritual child of God. Now, there was no teaching about this power to do something to somebody else or for somebody else. It was purely one of self-development, self-realization in order to bring each other to that point where the Son of God could be raised from the tomb. But it is not taught that the tomb is in Jerusalem. The tomb is our human selfhood, the human mind, the human consciousness, the false sense of self. That is the tomb in which the Christ is buried. Now, until our own blindness and inadequacy have been removed, we are not the light of the world. But if we can forget the world for a moment and concentrate on our own self-enlightenment, very soon we shall discover that even the small measure of light that we have become is already having an effect upon our families, even a tiny little glimmer of light. As this light grows and grows, as we become more spiritually aware, it touches the lives of friends, it touches the lives of neighbors, and as we have seen, it is beginning to affect people in every part of the globe and on, on, on every continent. 
say that by the podcast we do and how it's how it's going all over the place and affecting people's lives the illuminated consciousness of just one two or ten is making itself felt in a worldwide way don't underestimate the presence of the light within yourself whether you recognize the positive effect that you're having in the world and the people around you whether you recognize it or not i'm telling you that you are by just having that little bit of light shining inside you in other words the smallest possible group of spiritually enlightened people can save this entire world from destruction but how fruitful for anyone in his blindness to try to lead someone else where the spirit of the lord is there is peace where the spirit of the lord is there is harmony where the spirit of the lord is there is justice it does not mean that there have to be 10,000 people it means there has to be the spirit of the lord hear me somebody hear me this all you need is the spirit of the lord some of you not all of you have this innate thing that you must have a huge set of numbers in order for god to be present the scripture never tell you that you must have thousands and thousands of people for you to be effective the spirit of the lord never tell you that where the spirit of the lord is there is peace where the spirit of the lord is there is harmony where the spirit of the lord is there is justice it does not mean that there have to be 10,000 people it means there has to be the spirit of the lord and that the spirit of the lord is right where we are hear me believe it accept it let it sink into you and as it sink into you you will see a change in your environment as a matter of fact the spirit of the lord is wherever the spirit of the lord is realized hear me somebody The spirit of the Lord is wherever the spirit of the Lord is realized. There's no way to confine the spirit of the Lord once it has been released from consciousness. Once it has been released, Master Jesus continue to operate in consciousness drunk through the ages. No number of years has been able to stop the operation of the spirit of the lord in the consciousness of those who have opened up themselves to it it took one man it took the master jesus jesus came and he allowed the spirit to flow in and through him and look what happened it's been going ever since therefore the first step in your enlightenment and mine that we may individually raise up this son of god in us and in some measure die to the struggling for self preservation as we perceive that god's grace is a universal grace we begin to understand that it is not self preservation that matters because this is only a law of human nature and human nature is the tomb of the christ 
the real spiritual law is that we be willing to lay down our life for a friend or lay down our life for our neighbor to lay down this human sense of life in order that even the least of our brothers may be raised up that we be willing to let this false sense of life disappear from us that the Christ life may appear and in that Christ life serve mankind as Jesus did by leading generations of people to an awareness of the spiritual nature of life now this is not used in God this is not used in truth this is surrendering our personal sense of life in order that we may be used that we may be transparent through which God's grace can touch the life of all mankind purpose of the search for God of undertaking the work of enlightenment of our being on the spiritual path is that we may lose our life surrender this personal sense of life be clothed upon with immortality and be a transparency through which the grace of God may reach this earth and overcome the kingdom of man's mind it is not the kingdom of man's government that is to be overcome not the kingdom of his politics it is not even his armies that are to be overcome it is the mind and its iniquity that must be overcome it is the enemy with in our own household our mental household that is to be overcome the Christ is the law of elimination working through love to overcome the enemy within ourselves now some of you are getting a little saturated but just bear with me following the master following Jesus for a moment into the wilderness where he was tempted let's just go there for a minute all of you know the scripture so follow the master for a moment into the wilderness where he was tempted do you see that it was the evil within himself that was tempting him and that he was saying unto the evil get thee behind me satan i cannot be tempted for i'm not here to glorify myself but that god may be glorified if i perform a miracle to glorify myself i will be lost i will lose the kingdom of god get thee behind me then when his consciousness was made free of personal sense of personal glorification of self-preservation he could go forward and fulfill his ministry because no he could not be tempted by anything external to himself he had overcome the world when the enemy within his gates had been overcome 
and the enemy within his gaze was the mortal sense of selfhood that sought to preserve itself instead of wanting to let itself die in order that the eye might be exalted that the spirit of god in him might be the light of the world when there was no longer any personal sense left when the master was no longer living his own life he had the capacity to heal the sick to raise the dead to forgive the sinners and to feed the hungry because then he knew that his finite capacity were of no importance whatsoever he had no small capacity or no great capacity he had no capacity period he was pure transparency for the divine capacity the spiritual the infinite the all capacity the kingdom of god is within you the kingdom of god is within me and the function of the christ is to purify you the function of the christ is to purify me we are not to call upon the Christ to do something to someone else but we are to realize that the Christ is functioning in human consciousness to dispel personal sense first in us in our friends and then in our enemies let us pray for the enemy that we may be children of God prayer the prayer of realization that the kingdom of God be just as much in our enemy as in our friends awaiting only the recognition to be brought up from the tomb raised again and resurrected into life eternal rightly to understand the nature of the Christ we must begin to perceive that it is not going out into the world to destroy our enemies it is to be admitted into our consciousness to destroy the enemies within ourselves these enemies are made up of all phases of personal sense from the greatest evil of self preservation to the least evil which is believing that we are good we are religious we are spiritual we are mortal which we are not and cannot be for only the presence of god in us is good only the presence of god in us is good when we lose our sense of evil and let to lose our sense of good then we are a clear transparency through which the grace of god can shine upon this world upon our families upon our friends first and gradually as the circle widens it will embrace the whole world god bless you god bless you god bless you i hope you get something out of this oh my lord i know this is a a deep thinking but as you allow the holy spirit to give you the understanding you'll be able to pull the scriptures together and gain some wisdom from this god bless you all love you all very much